Welcome to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast, the podcast that shows you how to build a world-class service business from the dirt up. And now your host, Mark Stoner. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast. Glad you're joining us, and I think we're a little over 2,200 plays now on uh, some of the stats I've seen. It's quite an honor, and thank you, everyone, for listening. A couple things. If you like the podcast, please share it. Please uh, talk to others about it, and uh, tell me about it. Tell me about you know what you need, what you like, what you don't like. I was got an email from a friend or a text from a friend had an idea for this week's show and uh, Mike thank you for that and I'm going to get into that in a minute about kind of some of the mindset we had when we were going for it when we were off-roading and we were in trouble and things happened and kind of how that translates into business so I hope you like it but I want to start with a kind of a public service announcement and uh, a story about a situation that happened several years ago. We were, uh, this is about dryer vent cleaning. And if you have a dryer vent, I want you to consider having it cleaned because dryer vent lint is extremely flammable, catches a lot of houses on fire. I don't have the stats in front of me. I think it's upwards of 50 or 70,000 houses. I, you know what? I shouldn't even say it's a lot of houses that catch fire from dryer vents. But the point is, a lot of people don't realize how flammable that lint is, and they just let it build up in their vents, and it can be a real problem. And I want to kind of tell you how flammable dryer vent lint is, more flammable than I realized. One day, we were we were asked to clean a dryer vent in a home. We went there, and the dryer vent had actually been venting under the house for years and never it was never going outside homeowner didn't realize it we got there the whole crawl space was full of dryer vent lint everywhere it was all over the ground it was all over the you know the floor joists every wire under the house every pipe every uh, air duct vent you know hvac vent everything was covered in it so as we're working under there the dryer vent lint is everywhere in the air. It's, it's just on everything. <clears throat> it's on every spider web you can imagine. So we were, you know, rerouting the vent. We were rerouting the pipe. And we were coming through. And we were almost finished to where the pipe had to come out of the wall. We had made a hole in the brick. And the pipe was going to come out and be, you know, have like a termination cap on it. And you've seen dryer vent caps. So we were getting ready to put that on. But we were still in the crawl space. It was dark. I wasn't actually there. But it was my technician. And he was working by himself. And his light went dead on him right at the very end. So he just needed to finish up the basically gluing the dryer vent pipe to the cap. Or going out the, out the last part of it. So he decided to reach in his pocket, and he had a lighter, and he lit. He wanted to see, so he just lit it so he could see for a last second to put this pipe together. When he struck that lighter, the air caught on fire and rippled through the whole underneath side of the house like 
you can imagine like a gas fire, something you'd see in a movie. The air was on fire everywhere. Every spider web was on fire. Every air duct thing it had it on top of it was on fire. The ground was on fire. Like everything lit immediately. And he was under there. And he, but it just as soon as it lit, most of it also went back out. But there were still little fires everywhere. So he was under the house trying to smash out fires with his finger with his hands and arms and it took all the hair off of his arms and he didn't get burnt bad but it's almost like you know when you a flash you know you like lose your eyebrows and you know hair on your arm but it so he got it all put out and he went you know, he finished up in his heart you know he was just scared to death but he go he went upstairs and finished up with the homeowner and he got upstairs with her and was writing up the estimate and she said do you smell something burning <laughs> and he said well we had a little mishap everything's fine and nothing caught fire so we were lucky but i'm i just wanted to start this episode by telling you how flammable dryer vent lint is and that you need to consider having it cleaned if you have one and i would you should really do it every year but have it checked out by a professional and just so you know most chimney companies in your area also do dryer vent cleaning so on to my story about kind of going for it my my friend i'm going to kind of read you my text to or that he sent to me and he said i know that you are always looking for ideas for your podcast he said, you remember when we used to go off-roading and we talked about how it was a lot of fun uh, when something went wrong and we had to figure out how to get back? And that was part of the fun of the adventure, and I agree wholeheartedly. It's always more fun climbing the mountain than it is when you get to the top. It has a lot to do with business. How to make things work, even when it looks bad, is fun. It's fun to solve problems, even though it's inconvenient. Sorry for the long text. Hope to see you soon. And I think I think he's on to something. I mean, I think I totally agree, first of all, that that is why I think business, and I, I mentioned this in an earlier podcast, that where you get joy in business is actually solving problems. That is the fun. When we would go off-roading, I cannot tell you how many times we flipped, we used to drive these things called razors and he had arctic wildcat and we would go to the hardest places in fact the harder the trail the better the more dangerous the better that was steeper the better the muddier the crazier we just went there and every time we broke our vehicles we broke axles and wheels and transmissions and clutches and every we broke everything we'd flip them over all the time and we would be way out in the woods and way far away from camp. And then we'd have a downed vehicle. And we'd have to tow it through the mountains and up and down through things. And you would think it was miserable. But the truth is, that became part of the adventure. How are we going to get stuck and how are we going to get back? One night we were deep, very far away from our cabin. And we had a serious breakdown of uh mike's vehicle and he had one of the bigger vehicles so we had smaller ones and it literally took 
two of us, two vehicles towing each other to tow his out of there. Not only that, it was freezing cold. And it was, it was one of the, everything was going wrong. And then uh, we somehow, uh, one of our, one of the vehicles actually went sideways into a hole and one of the uh, people got soaked up to his neck. And we were a long way away from camp. And it was a young kid and he was wet to the bone. We we actually had some extra clothes that we put on him, and we uh, got him as warm as we could. But then we we had we tried to get back, but it took hours and hours to get back, and he was getting colder and colder. And we finally got back to the cabin, and he got out of those clothes and got some warm clothes on. And we'd been out all night. I think it was one or two in the morning. And this person had never been with us before. This was his first ever adventure like this. And Mike, the kid had just gotten a little bit warm. And Mike said, all right, you're warmed up. Let's go back out and do it again. And this kid said, okay, let's do it. And we were totally kidding. But he he was not afraid to go through whatever it had to go through. And if that was what we were doing, he was going to do it. Funny thing is he's now a Marine. That kid, he, he just had the ability to go through any problems. And, you know, I think that if you're wired like that in business, that's the good stuff. That's what you can't be. You can't be stopped. If you can handle problems and you enjoy problems and you enjoy the mountain climb and you actually enjoy the breakdown not that you want to break down but if you break down you're like all your you know all your cylinders start firing all of your problem solving abilities come forward and that's where you shine i just recently consulted with a a company that came in and the leader uh, was an older gentleman and he'd been in the industry for a while, but he came from another industry. And he, he's kind of just struggled, you know, in the chimney industry for a long time. He's never been able to really hire very many people. When he gets a person, they're gone. When he has a plan, it doesn't work. When he wants to do something, it just never quite works out. And it's hard for me to consult with with that when I know what to do. I know exactly what to do if I stepped in his business, exactly how to make it go. But that's not my role as a consultant. My role is to help him understand how to go. One of the problems that he had was he made everything too hard. Every single plan that he had really involved so many steps that that's why he never did anything. In his mind, he had a lot of ideas. Just any time I would say one idea, he had three ideas, more. And he'd, he had thought of every idea I came up with. But he, every time he did, he had a reason that he didn't do it or it didn't work. He agreed with me the whole time about things that had to happen. But you know, he said a lot like, you know, I, I wish I would have done this when I was 20. That could have been, that's very true, but you can't do anything about that now. If, if you didn't do it when you're 20, 
and you're listening, don't regret not doing something. Many times when people come to work for, you know, work with me, consult with me, they say that a lot. Gosh, I wish I would have known this 10 years ago, 20 years ago. I would have a different trajectory. If you're listening to this podcast and you're not doing what you want to do or you're not making the most of whatever you're doing, you're going to regret it one day. I mean, I've seen it too many times that people really regret what they don't do. They they never regret what they do try. I shouldn't say they never regret. Yes, there's times I've tried things that, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I, sh- I shouldn't say they never. They do, People do regret some things that they've tried that didn't work. But I think it's more, if I, you know, if I really looked at it, it's more people who don't do something or wish they'd moved forward with something when they had the chance to. You know, you have to kind of learn to say yes and let's go for it and let's get through it. There's another friend of mine, uh, we, we talk about the cash and prizes in life are all out on the edge. That, you know, they can say that it's the edge of your comfort zone, but it's the edge of of wherever you are. The bigger cash and prizes and excitement is out on the edge. It's out there. If you stay comfortable, you may have some cash and prizes. You may have a good life, and if you are, great. But if you are not happy or you are not feeling satisfied or fulfilled, I promise you, probably what you're looking for is just on the other side of what you're willing to, what you think is uh, possible. This client is a very good person. He's very nice. He's very considerate. But almost to a fault, he, he, will, not, he will not just keep it simple and drive on. And for instance, you know, I wanted to come up with a way for him to get an office, you know, move the business out of his house and move it into an office space. And he has a dream in his head, which is fine and good, of a, of a bigger place, multiple acres and a house and building a built business on that and having the investment of the land. And that's going to build in value instead of renting a place. And, I, and there's nothing wrong with that. If the plan you've got now is working toward that, not just pie in the sky. So when I would consult, there was two issues. One, one he lived in the past of what he should have done. And then in the future, it was too far in the future to act on as well. It was too far out there to actually have to do anything on a day-to-day basis because it was a little too big. So you have to break it down into what can I do tomorrow? And I said, you know, you are in a hurry. You have, you know, you're, he's in his 60s. You know, he wants to work 10 more years. I said, you have got to be in a hurry. And he agreed. You have got, but actually if you're 35, you need to be in a hurry. This, that's how it works. You have to work every day. And when you do work, it has to be very diligently. Your time is so valuable. And Sometimes I know I mention things multiple times in podcasts, but I'm just going to do it. I, a lot of times I, I have a chart that I draw, and you'll just have to imagine it. But, you know, it's a chart, and it's 0 to 80. 
on the top line, which is 80 years old. And on the, the line going down, it's 0 to 24 for 24 hours in a day. So for graph purposes, I have a, a tick mark at 40, which is 40 years old, a tick mark at 20 years old and 60 years old as well. And then I have a, so then I, I put my age in there. So I'm 51. So imagine you've got a graph 0 to 80 and you hit a line at 50. That's my age. And then I color in everything behind 50. And I said, that time is gone. So imagine a huge part of the graph is gone. All of a sudden, that's part of my life that's gone. I can't do anything about it. It got me here. Thank you. But that time is gone. Now, if I sleep eight hours a day, coming up from the bottom of the graph, the bottom third is gone. So then if I work eight hours a day, now two-thirds of the bottom of the graph are gone plus my 50 years. So you can imagine how little of a square is starting to be left. Now it's from 50 to 80, and it's only a third of the graph left because if I work and sleep, then that's my free time that's left. The point of it is you don't have as much time as you think. And the, so you have to hurry. You have to go for it every day. It sounds cheesy. It sounds trite. But you have to decide what you want and work on it quickly. You also have to decide what you're good at and what you need to hand off. The faster you get at solving problems and handing problems to others to help you solve them, or what's in more in their category to solve, the faster you go. For instance, this person, you know, he didn't want to hire an office person because he didn't feel like he could afford it. And using his mindset, he's right. You can't. If literally that office person is not making you more productive, yes, you cannot afford them because it's just taking money away from you. Many times the, the mindset that hurts people is that I, they think I can't afford it. I can't afford to do that. Uh, that is the problem because you actually can't afford not to do it. And if you do it right, that person will actually make you more money. In this case, in an office manager, if you don't have one, they handle the phones. They handle sending out the bills. They handle, have better customer service than you probably do trying to answer it on your phone while you're working. They keep you moving, and they will be worth way more. You know, imagine you need to if you're a business owner, you need to imagine your time worth a hundred or two hundred, three hundred dollars an hour. So if you're stuck doing work that's not that valuable and it's a daily thing you need to hire that to be done trust me this is how you move fast how you go for the cash and prizes is through delegation and that's it you, there's not enough time in the day and you're only good at a couple things i don't care who you are you've got a couple real talents and you've got more things you're not talented at that you should not be doing in this case with this client when he doesn't have much time, I told him that you need to stop doing the work. As fast as you can, you have to train others. 
you have to, in his case, I would say I told him to stop driving the vehicle, ride in the passenger seat, let the apprentice or the trainee ride in the other seat, and you run the business from the passenger seat and let him drive. That's a big mistake I see a lot of times with with uh, business owners that are trying to get an office manager don't have one yet, or te- even technicians that are really busy and they say you know they don't can't get everything done during the day and they get back to the shop and they start working on paperwork. Like why are you working on paperwork when you had an apprentice or a, you know an assistant with you all day? That person should be driving around while you get your paperwork done. So when you get back to the office, you're done. So think about that in your own business. If you don't have an office manager, the next step is you be the office manager, but don't waste all your time driving windshield time if you have somebody with you. Get somebody with you as soon as possible. You get in the passenger seat. You work on the business. The next step is is getting that person that's driving into their own vehicle, and then you repeat the process. Get someone else with him. Get someone with you. Then get an office manager as po- fast as possible. All uh, if you want to grow a business, clearly, if you're happy with your business and you you're satisfied, then you don't need to listen to this. But most people, I would think, that are listening to this podcast are people that are trying to grow something. Now, I'm talking about a service business, but you need to do it in any business. I don't care what business you are. You have to delegate away the things that you either are not good at or you or just take take energy away from you. Last week I talked about the de- ele- elevate and delegate exercise. I talked about imagine you're, it's a quadrant and the upper left quadrant is unique, your new unique great ability that you are uniquely qualified and you're amazing. In the upper right quadrant, it's excellent. You, what you're very, very good at. Other people could be as good, but you're really good at it. Bottom left quadrant is what you're average at. Uh, you actually don't like doing it. You can do it. Other people can do it just as well. And in the bottom right corner is your suck quadrant, what you do not like doing and you're bad at. So everything in the lower half of the quadrant, which is average and suck, take energy away from you in a day when you have to do when you have to spend time in those quadrants when you spend time in your unique ability and your excellent ability you actually it gives you energy and your day flies by you love it you could do it all day long it doesn't feel like work you've heard people say that find what you love and you don't work a day in your life i find that hard to believe but if you stay in your excellent and, and excellent and unique abilities, it sure doesn't feel like work at all. I, you know, I, I love consulting. There's days it feels like work, but I absolutely love dream building, figuring out problems, seeing people's problems that I know how to fix them. And then what's the most exciting thing is them going back into their business and seeing it for themselves. It's a great thing about bringing people into my business because all of a sudden they can see the business completely different. Currently, my daughter is at a chocolate retreat. <laughs> she is spending time with a with several women in the chocolate industry at a retreat. This is kind of, that was kind of our first step into our own chocolate business, and I believe fully in getting around a lot of people that are in your industry 
and getting knowledge from them. She spends days with them. She networks with them. She learns from them. And we are all about, if you want to go fast also where the cash and prizes are, get around other people already doing it. Your trajectory will speed up so much. Again, people come to my business and they every time within the first hour, they're like, oh my gosh, I completely think differently about my business. When my daughter goes to these events, immediately she thinks bigger and differently than she did about our chocolate business than she did before. So I can't recommend it enough. I know I say it, but you have to get around other people. You are not an island. Even if you have ideas about business and you haven't launched anything yet in your listeners podcast, go to where the businesses are that you even have any interest in. Every single thing out there has an association. Every single thing out there has a national convention. Every single thing has a trade magazine and something you can read and do. Clearly with the internet you can find anything you want to do, but that's only a very, to me, a very small part of it. It's bigger to get around the people. It's bigger to find them. Pay some money. Go spend the the night or the week and get around those people and ask questions. The worst thing you can do at these events is be a wallflower and just sit back and watch everything. Find out who the people are talking about. Find out who the main people are. And there's a group in every industry that is doing the most things. There's a group inside there that is leading the thing. Talk to them. Find out who they are. A friend of mine who came through my Blue Collar University a couple months ago was at a national convention a couple weeks ago that I was at. And he put a thing out on Facebook, said, hey, my goal is not to ever eat lunch at this thing by myself. I'm buying lunch for anybody who will go with me, who will eat lunch with me. I want to meet people. Who's going to take me up on it? And he put it on all the Facebook pages for the you know in our industry for people to see it. That's a bold move. That's a guy who wants to go somewhere. And and ever since I've known him, he's doing all the things. And if, Corey, you're listening to it, I'm talking about you. He's doing all the things that he can possibly do. He's soaking it all in. He's humble. He's kind. He is a good person. He is going to succeed come hell or high water. He's been in the business for a while. He's made mistakes like we all have, but he's learning fast. And he's also in a hurry. He wants a different life. He wants a different result. So kudos to him. If you're out there and you can't figure it out and you don't know what to do, get around other people. Go to events. Go fast. Go as fast as you can. Simplify your plan. If it's too complex, it's wrong. Any idiot can come up with a complex plan that can't be completed. And if you're getting into stuff and it just seems like you can't get anywhere, stop. Get a mentor. You're doing something wrong. Find out how to go fast and simplify where you are. All right. It's a little short this week. I hope uh, I'm going to say one more thing. Sweep away cancer. I can't I really can't talk about it enough. We uh, have a rally coming up in a couple weeks, June 14th and 15th, sweepawaycancer.com. Please sign up. Please donate. It's a great charity we're giving and we're helping a lot of people. That's my time. Have a good day. 
thanks for listening to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes or any place that you listen to podcasts. More information is also available at markstoner.com.